0: You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Over. Hi, this is Kim, and welcome to the 39th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today I want to talk with you more about mental freedom, and the topic will be making your emotions work for you instead of against you. Another aspect of mental freedom involves how we treat emotions. There's a lot written about emotions in the field of counseling and mental health. Emotions are often mysterious, unpredictable, and hard to ignore. When you ignore them in the form of stuffing them back inside you, they can create physical problems for you. But how can emotions work for you? Let's begin by looking at what emotions actually are. The simplest way to think of them is as energy. The first law of thermodynamics states energy is neither created nor destroyed. It simply changes form. This means that if we don't learn to purge our emotions through expression or transform them through mental freedom techniques or some other method, they can remain stuck in your body somewhere. This is what happens when you stuff your emotions down, denying them or not knowing how to transform them. Stuck energy in the form of painful emotions is what's literally killing lots of people. It's experienced as stress in the body and scientists are finding lots of causal links between stress and medical problems, including but not limited to heart disease, strokes, autoimmune disorders, breathing issues, and digestive problems. This is never good. Mental freedom teaches how to transform your emotions so they go from painful to neutral, and sometimes they can even surpass neutral and go to pleasurable. Let's start by taking a look at the six main emotions. There's happy, sad, angry, anxious, surprised, and disgusted. Now, surprise can be experienced as a happy surprise or an angry, sad surprise. The pleasurable emotions of happy and good surprise are not typically seen as a problem. No one's ever walked into a counselor's office complaining about being happy or happily surprised. However, the other painful emotions of sad, angry, anxious, badly surprised, or disgusted are the emotions you'll want to transform because it's these forms that can produce stress within the body when we hold them there. For the purposes of today's discussion, I want to distinguish between two types of emotions, one that works for you and the other that works against you in the long run. It's the second you'll want to transform while the first is good and works for you. Everyone has a place somewhere in their head, heart or gut that contains their vision of a perfect life and what the world should look like. It's your own perfect utopia. This place tends to contain some version of how you want life to be, but it rarely exists that way. And many times you find you want life to be one way, only to find the world has different plans. As long as you have a reasonable match to what you want, you feel generally satisfied and happy. Sometimes this place will match some version of how your life actually exists and you feel good. But many times you find you really want things to be one way, only to find the world has different plans and you feel frustrated. As long as you have a reasonable match to what you want, you feel generally satisfied and happy. There's nothing you need to do about that. Being happy isn't a killer like painful emotions are. In fact, there's research that shows happy people tend to live longer. In a study of 3,800 people aged 52 to 79, the researchers found that those who rated their happiness the highest were 35% less likely to die in the following five years than those who were least content. However, when you're not getting what you think you want and deserve, you tend to feel one of the more painful emotions. In these moments of evaluating or comparing what you want with what you're getting, you have an emotion. It's very brief, almost like a snap of your fingers, telling you whether you have what you want in that moment or you don't. If you do, that brief signal is one of pleasure. If you don't, it's one of pain. These are the times our emotions work for us. You couldn't stop those split-second emotions if you wanted to. You can stuff them in the very next second, but the emotions that result from getting or not getting what you want are raw, real, and authentic. They are so fast, you really don't see them coming. Their purpose is to help you make sense of the experience. When you get what you want, the resulting emotion is basically an intrinsic reward for getting what you want, and it feels like, ah. On the other hand, when you don't get what you want, that emotion feels like a kick in the gut, resulting in ugh. These brief emotions are meant to let you know something is wrong, and you better do something about it. When you immediately go into problem-solving mode to fix the problem, you allow your brief emotion to signal you that there's something important you need to take action on. Remember in Podcast 26, where I talk about responsibility versus response ability in the mental freedom process. When you aren't getting what you want, you may not be responsible for that. You might not have caused the hurricane to demolish your house or the person behind you to rear end your car or your child to get sick, causing you to miss an important meeting. You didn't cause those things. However, If someone doesn't like you because you were rude or you failed a test because you didn't study or you're now lost because you didn't bring directions, your phone is dead, and you forgot to bring your phone charger, these are situations you do bear responsibility for. Whichever is the case, you are always response-able, meaning you have the ability to respond. And if you aren't getting what you want, whose responsibility do you think it is to fix it? Make no mistake, it is your responsibility. Most of us though, when we aren't getting what we want, we begin a frantic search looking for someone close to us to blame. And when we latch on to some unsuspecting person to blame, we tend to leverage all our responses to get that person to fix our problem. I'm not talking about a time you were overcharged by your credit card company. In cases like this, taking responsibility for not having what you want means you do determine the credit card company made an error, and the responsible thing for you to do is call them and get them to correct the problem. I'm talking about times when your partner didn't remember you were supposed to go out with friends on Wednesday night and came home late. You might decide the thing to do is blame your spouse and give them the silent treatment. This is an example of your emotions working against you. I need to back up a minute. The first purpose of emotions is to provide you a signal about whether you're getting what you want in any given situation. If your reality is matching up to the perfect vision you hold, this is helpful and it feels good. If your reality isn't matching up to the perfect vision you hold, that signal is helpful. But when you don't go into problem-solving mode, and instead you allow that feeling to linger, it's no longer helping you, it's working against you. When any of the more painful emotions of anger, sadness, fear, disgust, or unhappy surprise stick around for longer than a few minutes, you're actually using them to fix the situation. Can you imagine a way your emotions will ever fix a situation? Of course not. Solutions require serious thought and reasoned actions, not just emotions. Let me tell you how we hold on to these emotions to try to fix our situation. Every single behavior you ever generate is for a reason. It's purposeful. People never do things for no reason. You may not be consciously aware of why you chose a particular behavior, but you choose it nonetheless. Podcast 18 talks about the 10 reasons people choose misery. Please listen to that if you're struggling with this concept. Everything we do works for us in some way. That's not to say it doesn't also create pain. It does. But in spite of that pain, you're still getting something you want. You might be getting attention, help, avoiding something you don't want to do, pushing people away. There's so many possibilities. Often, when you hold on to negative emotions, your reason is to show the person you believe caused your problem just how much pain you're in. Your subconscious hope is that if they care about you at all and see how unhappy you are, they'll change the thing you've decided has caused the problem. And if they do, you'll think you won. For example... In the situation of your spouse forgetting your dinner plans, when you hold on to the anger, it stopped being just a signal that you aren't getting what you want and has become a way you're using to let your spouse know how important this dinner was to you and they had better make it up to you somehow. I'll bet all this time you were thinking your spouse made you mad. This is simply not true. You're choosing your anger as your best option to get what you want in the situation which might be your spouse's contrition, apology, and some kind of restitution. Will this strategy work? It could. I'm not saying using your emotions to control won't work, but I am saying this is an example of using your emotions against yourself. You'll lose every time you do this because you damage the relationship you have with the person you're using them against. Most of the time, we do this with our loved ones. When did we decide it's not only our right, but our responsibility to try to control those we love with our anger, sadness, fear, or disgust? Instead, you could get curious about your own behavior and ask yourself this question, what do I want that I'm trying to get through sadness, anger, fear, or disgust? When you figure out what that is, Then you can work at getting what you want in a more legitimate, authentic way where you're taking responsibility to fix it. When you aren't getting what you want, it is up to you to take the steps to fix it. You could ask for what you want. You have every right to ask, but realize it's a request, not a demand. People are doing what best gets them what they want in any situation. You're asking that they prioritize what you want over what they want. They might comply. They may not. Don't get mad, sad, disgusted, or afraid if they don't. Just chalk it up to that person doing what's best for them to get what they want in the situation they're prioritizing. And they have every right to do that. You could change your behavior, trying something different instead. Instead of emotionally blackmailing your spouse, you could decide to make a romantic night for just the two of you since you decided not to go out. You want to let him know how much you appreciate his hard work. You could change or adjust what you want. You can decide going out with your friends is a fine thing to do, but it might be better to happen on Saturday rather than Wednesday night. You could change your perception of the situation For example, you might be telling yourself that your spouse obviously doesn't love you if they don't put your happiness above everything else. You could change that to, My spouse works hard to be able to support me and our family. They were so engrossed with their work tonight, they just forgot. I forget things all the time. I could go out with our friends without them and have them meet me there or we can just reschedule. I can have them pick up takeout on the way home. In this way, you're transforming your painful emotions into much more satisfying emotions. If the pain persists, it's because one, you're still getting some kind of benefit from the pain. Keep removing yourself from the immediate situation and continue to be curious about what benefit you could be getting from holding on to your pain. It could be because you lack the information you need to recognize and transform your pain. If this is true, you could sign up for the wait list for Mental Freedom Group Coaching at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash coaching forward slash capital M capital F hyphen group coaching. Also in the show materials. Or three It might simply be because it's become a habit. You've been doing it so long, it's a go-to behavior. If your pain is specifically because there's something you want from an important person in your life and they just won't oblige you, am I saying that you just need to get over it, accept it, put up with it? That's one option you have, but I'm not definitely saying that's what you need to do. When you're experiencing pain over not getting something you want in a relationship you have, it's important to ask yourself if the person knows what you want. Just because you've told them doesn't mean they actually understand what you're trying to say. If they do understand what you want, do they understand how to do it? If they don't, you might have to show them. If you still aren't getting what you want in that relationship, you may want to ask if the person truly wants to give you what you want, but something keeps getting in the way. If they talk with you about what's getting in the way, perhaps you'll understand their plight and together you may come up with a solution. And what if what you want is a non-negotiable or deal breaker? And if what you want is a non-negotiable or deal breaker, you'll want to reevaluate your relationship. You may become an enabler of the behavior, making it easier for the other person to do it. You could put up with stuffing your feelings. You could put up with the behavior and continue to use your emotions to try to change the other person. You could remain in the relationship, but with some new boundaries. Or you might decide to stay all in with a positive attitude. Whatever you choose is something that you are responsible for. When a person in your life shows you who they are, believe them, and then decide how you'll be in relationship with them going forward. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It's our last podcast of the season, and we're taking a two-week break. Our next season will begin again on October 15th. I'll be looking forward to it after I have this short break. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, please leave a review and share your favorite episodes on social media. I'll see you back here in two weeks. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe.